This episode of the podcast is brought to you by dressing up like your dad for Halloween, then becoming too involved with the character the next day, going to his job, paying the mortgage, and then coming home to punish him for not getting an A in science. You're tormented. It feels more like... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that had four consecutive male births. births. (laughs) I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to talk about 2022's men. A24, boys. Back at it again. Oh, and I'm so excited to talk about this because I watched this. I went to theaters to see it and somehow this skipped you. Like you didn't even get the chance to see it before this. Yeah, I think think it was because I was so confused by the trailer (laughs) that Mm. I, I don't know. I just... I don't know. I, I was at a complete loss at, like uh, going going to the theater for it mm-hmm. because I was just like, I have no idea what this movie is. And mm-hmm. normally that is something that would intrigue me to go to theaters, but yeah. I just missed it. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, I saw this in the um, the confines of my bedroom, mm-hmm. which I think was worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blinds closed, <laughs> alone in the dark watching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, go down. Yeah. So um, again... Men came out in 2022, uh, directed by Alex Garland. This is his third film that came out. And you, written by him. Yeah, which uh, which is always nice. Again, like, I was thoroughly happy with Ex Machina and Annihilation. So, like, as soon as I heard that he was doing this, I was like, I'm already in it. Yeah. And then A24, I'm already in it. Yeah. Um, He's got then, a television show, I guess, that yeah, called Debs. The Devs. I, that, I, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I heard really good things about it. It looks nuts. Like, it looks like this science fiction mumbo-jumbo that, like basically is like what if god was just here yeah so it's like i i want to check it out at some point but yeah. i never got around to it um so anyways you have like three people in this literally movie. <laughs> three people in this film you have jesse buckley who plays harper your main character you have rory Kinnar, who plays every man literally except for james <laughs> yeah except except for james um so that includes like jeffrey the priest and then samuel um uh, and then a bunch of other ones you have Papa Esadu. We apologize. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce things. <laughs> um, who plays James. And then the only other person that's really relevant is Gail Rankin, who plays Riley. Right, who's like her friend that yeah. kind of just is there to talk her through some things every exactly. once in a while. Because I guess you have to have more than one character be a part of a movie. Right, yeah. I guess. <laughs> um, and if you don't know what this movie is about... Neither do we. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean... IMDb has, like, a very strange description for it. It's Harper retreats to the countryside to be alone in the wake of a tragedy, i.e. James's death. We'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, but her unease at the town's leering and uncanny similar men grow into a full-fledged nightmare as her arrival awakens something primal in the forest. The Green I, Knight kind of makes a show in this yeah, movie. Yeah, a little bit. The Green Man. The, yeah. The he's. I mean, I, I would imagine that that's kind of like who he is in the equivalent of the Green Knight. Like, he is kind of Earth. He's yeah. like Father Earth. I know. I mean, like, I, I, I like read a couple of things. Like, Alex Garland apparently, like, fell in love with, like, that statue and, like, the concept of the Green Man and was trying to work it in for, like, 15 years in yeah. his writing. And, like, this just somehow happened to, like, kind of fit it. Mm-hmm. Um. I was a little worried because, like, I went to the theaters, like I said, to go see this, and I was like, like, "This isn't Minions." Wait a minute, (laughs) where's the glue? I was, I, I did go to see it, and I, after I left, I was kind of like, "I think I love this movie," 
And then I was worried going to see it the second time. And I was like, oh, man, what if I actually hate this movie? What if it doesn't make sense to me? Yeah. And I still really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it does have a few quirks to it. Uh, but overall, I still think that this is a fun film to go see. I wouldn't call this a fun well, film. No, I guess not. But it, I guess to us, like that, like the metaphorical type of movies. Yeah. I think that this movie could have benefited a little bit from a little bit of restraint when it came to the metaphors, similar to like mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. Where mother was like so heavy handed with the metaphors where mm-hmm. it's like, I understand it. Like you need, you can, you can, you don't have to drill I like mother me. a lot, but mm-hmm. like, it just gets to the point where it's, you know, you're just kind of watching this and you're like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. This movie also kind of almost from the start, as soon as she grabs the apple from the tree and, mm-hmm. and like, he's like, ah, ah, forbidden fruit. Yeah, it's like, no, it's okay, like, oh, wow, that's we, a... <laughs> here we go, Eden. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So um, a little bit of restraint I think it could have benefited from. Um, not, I wouldn't even necessarily call this a horror film. So that was like my biggest con to this film is like the trailer definitely paints this as a horror film. Yeah. And like something about it, like as I was watching it the second time, I was like, it doesn't really work as a horror no. film. Like it, like I can't put it to it. Like there's no other genre that like would make this work. But like horror just doesn't feel like it works for it. Yeah, it it, it definitely it it. I think that it leans more into the the like the shock. Yeah, the surrealism type instead aspect. of horror. I mean, there obviously like when we get to the end of the film. I think I think in Alex Garlic's mind, that's supposed to be, and I'm referring to like the multiple birthing yeah. scene. I think that was supposed to be kind of like a horrific, kind of like scary thing. But again, I think if he maybe just used a little bit more restraint yeah. and didn't show every single one, and because it, it gets to a point where it, it, at this point it's just kind of gross, like mm-hmm. it's just nasty to look at, and it's not scary. It's just like I don't want to see this anymore. Especially too when you get the, like the close up of the butthole opening up, and it's yeah. like it's like man, like I see hair and everything. Yeah, there. like I don't really feel like I need this yeah. right now. And I think again the the. If it was a little bit more subtle, it could have worked a bit more in the horror mm-hmm. element because, again, sometimes the scariest things are the things that you don't see and then you're imagining what's happening. Like your yeah. imagination starts going wild. Um, but he decides to show everything. And again, after the after the first one, it's like the shock values there. And then it just goes and goes yeah. and goes. And you're like, okay, now it's getting repetitive and it's actually just disgusting. Yeah. Like <laughs> by the time that you get to like where it's like James, James coming the out final of the, one. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of the mouth feet first. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is a little much. <laughs> like it's, it's a little much going on there. And that's not to say that like there isn't like some decent horror in this film. Like there is like um that montage with, um, the the dead deer right yeah where it's like she's like screaming underwater and like the whole thing with the apples falling and like the lights going out and like the one like charging at the house mm-hmm. which always gets me like between that um get out and then the movie that we did recently with the house um the night house yes like same thing like just fucking running at me just scares the shit out of me yeah um but again too like i i just can't put it to words like there's something about it that tells me this is not supposed to be a horror film <laughs> yeah. and i think that's like the biggest con that i have for this film yeah my only major issue i kind of wanted to mention this at the end but i'll, I'll just say it now mm-hmm. um and it kind of i think dampens the, the whole experience after the credits roll is 
it kind of feels like a propaganda film in a way, mm-hmm. at least the way that I like after after the credits rolled, I was just sitting there. I'm like, clearly, Alex Garland is making a statement about men. Yes. And, well, and, men are awful. That's like the whole thing. Right. It's this that we are the worst <laughs> and that we treat women like garbage mm-hmm. and that we expect women to basically like wait on us hand and foot. And except for pretty much Jeffrey's the only guy that is sort of a sort of a decent I dude. I like Jeffrey for the he's, most part. He's overall a decent guy, but even he has his problems. But well, how many? I mean, like he got run over by a car. Like you'd be pissed. After I would that be pissed too. too, I guess. <laughs> but uh, he, he, um, excuse me. The the overarching thing is that there is not a really overall. There is not a single good male character in this film. And I don't know if maybe the film would have benefited a little bit from having at least one guy that mm-hmm. is not a complete piece of shit. Because again, now that now that we have all these men who are complete and terrible people. That's a propaganda film. You're just saying that all men are bad, mm-hmm. all men are terrible, they have no good qualities, and they're all just trying to use you for sex, or you're going to get gaslit by them, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And it is weird for this film to be written by a man, mm-hmm. and directed by a man who then has these views of men, yeah. and I don't know if if it's just a statement that... I don't... Like, it's hard to see where the lines get blurred of this is what I'm feeling and this is how I feel towards men or I am just simply an observer and I am just writing a story because I think that you can kind of get lost in the weeds there. Kind yeah. Of. And, and if I, you look at the the poster for the movie too, like it's kind of set up like a propaganda thing too because it's like it's Jeffrey's face smiling and then over his eyes it just says men. Yeah. So it's like that's still kind of like a propaganda-esque yeah. thing. So I don't – and again – I didn't. I had no idea what this movie was about going yeah. into it. So and you I still had, don't know any idea. <laughs> well, I. I mean, I get it. I mm-hmm. do. I get it. it. It's just, again, like not. I think that this movie will turn a lot of people off if they, like, this movie will probably turn off a lot of men, because mm-hmm. specifically like men critics, yeah, who are going to just be like, oh, this movie was terrible because it is so you know anti men and mm-hmm. blah, blah blah blah. I feel attacked. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and. I, I guess I don't feel that way. I'm very open to pretty oh, much yeah. anything when it comes to filmmaking. Uh, any ideas. Most mm. ideas do not bother me. Especially Pink Flamingo. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out John Waters. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, the that whole thing doesn't bother me. But by the end of the movie, I did feel like I was missing something. Yeah. I was missing the other side. Mm-hmm. But... And then it's, again, this is one women's one woman's experience, you know, going through her life in this in this very specific time. So mm-hmm. it's hard to to say that Alex Garland is talking about men as the as a whole or if it's just this one woman's experience experience. Yeah. But overall, I would say as a movie viewer, this kind of feels sort of like I said, kind of like a propaganda film where mm-hmm. it's just saying that. Pretty much all men are bad, and they only want one thing out of you. And if you don't give it to them, then they are going to treat you like garbage or whatever. So I do think that there is a bit of a yeah. We are a terrible sex. I guess. <laughs> I guess so. But I don't know. It, yeah. it, it's it's not a it's a film that I just I guess I wasn't expecting to walk mm-hmm. away with that from it. Yeah. Which kind of like put me off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know like what my rating is for this film. Okay. And well, I think that this is a movie that we kind of need to talk through. Yeah. And maybe upon like a second viewing, if I decide that I want to view it a second time mm-hmm. to watch it and uh, kind of absorb it one more time. Yeah. Because that I think is also a benefit with Alec Garling films is he tends to make movies that you almost need to watch more than once. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, the only other like small thing that I had con-wise, and then we can start talking about stuff that we did like, um, not a big fan of the slow-mo of James in the beginning. Like him, like when he falling. falls. Yeah, kind of like a little too like on the nose. I think mm. little, little too like ah, I don't need to see that. Like I feel like it would have been more. Like I get it because like the music kind of goes along with it because it's a very somber music of what's happening. But I feel like it would have been more impactful and would have given you kind of like I don't want to say a cheap jump scare as a horror film, but it would have definitely gotten you if you just see like a fast fall and then hear the splat. Yeah. Like that would have that would have been more of like a shock value type thing. Yeah. And I don't know. I I feel like that could have worked out a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But anyways, good things about this movie. Color gradiation. Yeah. I fucking love. Yeah, no, it's a very it's, beautiful it's, movie. It's very Alex Garland in yeah. terms of like what he did with Annihilation, like At, very saturated colors. I will say though that this movie does feel a bit more like th- there is one thing about Alex Garland films that I'm not a huge fan of. And I'm talking about Ex Machina and um, Annihilation, which is there is something about his movies that almost felt too sterile. Like, and, and I strictly mean like the cinematography mm-hmm. and the and the film, like the cameras that he uses mm-hmm. and the lenses, I guess that he uses, where they kind of seem a little too clean. Yeah, this movie does not feel like that. It feels like it was shot. I don't know. Just the way that the cinematography in this film is is very different from the way that his other two films are, in my opinion, because yeah, yeah they, it, it's very Alex Garland where like the colors are saturated, but it just looks different. This movie mm-hmm. looks very different than his other two films. And I feel like that's because too, like the last two films he did. And even the TV show is a very sci-fi esque thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's hard to do pretty colorful type stuff for horror. Yeah. Like it's not, there's not very many films that can do that other than like Midsommar off the top of my head. Right. But even that's kind of like controversial. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I get it. It is very pretty to look at, though. Like, oh, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I absolutely love the idea of Rory playing every single guy in this town. And I guess I looked it up too. I guess like there's something where it's like, because dandelions are like a huge part of this film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like you see them throughout the beginning opening, and then you see them like with the green man towards like the middle of the film, and yeah, and so on and so forth. And I guess like there's this thing with like dandelions that like they reproduce asexually so it's like they're like every single dandelion in the world is basically like a clone of one original one which i guess is kind of like speaking to the fact of like oh all of these men men are a clone of one another like they're all from the same dna right um which again is just a fucking metaphor for like (laughs) hey men are all alike um but it's still like kind of like a interesting thing and i do like the fact that like rory is playing every single man to reinstate the fact that like all of these men are exactly the same yeah and they do he he does get switched up enough and it is cgi but it's not noticeable cgi except so, on the little boy's face yeah he's the little, little boy's face is like fucked up <laughs> I, I think it's because the the head is way too big for the body <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like yeah he's wearing like the women like the girls mask yeah for some right, of it yeah. but like it's still a little weird yeah it doesn't quite hit you're just like wow that looks strange <laughs> yeah um so opening scene harper kind of like shows up to jeffrey's like house whatever mm-hmm. and she of course takes the apple and yeah. of course you know he but he so he's very insistent on like taking her bags in right mm-hmm. that's like his whole deal is like i like she's like no no no, i'm fine and he's like no i insist and then of course he grabs her stuff and she kind of like is dropping all of her things whatever yeah. he's trying to be a gentleman um 
So Jeffrey kind of is the only guy until the the later half of the film where he completely turns. But yeah. he's kind of supposed to be like this knight in shining armor type, I guess, he's where he is kind of just like supposed to be the one that is um, show. He's very chivalrous. He's mm-hmm. opening the doors for her. He's extremely, uh, you know, um, he's very just on top of her in a way that is not healthy and not good. Like he basically like refuses to let her be her own woman. Yeah, like, it it comes off, like, in the beginning as, like, being very kind and, like, generous. But, yeah, like, after a while, it becomes more of, like... Right. Specifically, like, a, when we get to the bar and he, like, refuses to let her pay yeah. for anything. It becomes, like, a hindrance. And it's, it's again, showing, like, another side of, I guess, men where it's, like, you know, being too overly nice can be shown a certain way. Yeah. Then James, of course, we get with her talking mm-hmm. to James. We get, like, these moments of flashbacks. Uh, I hate James. <laughs> yeah he's the worst yeah he's kind of like the man what a fucking trap that is too is like if you divorce me i'll kill myself and, and you'll i'm have gonna to live blame with that. you yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he of course listen i've literally known somebody like this mm-hmm. uh who has pretty much made those exact threats and james is a complicated like the the, the whole thing is so complicated because he's trying to make her she's basically trapped either way it's if I stay with you, I'm going to be unhappy because I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And if I leave you, you're going to kill yourself. And then I'm going to and you pretty much just straight up told me that it's going to be my fault. So now I'm going to have to live with that. Yeah. Um, and of course, he ends up. I mean, I guess there's a an open for interpretation as to if he if he fell out the window or if he killed himself. I mean, I personally believe that he killed himself because he literally said, "I'm going to do that if you yeah. if you decide to leave me." I don't know, like the surprised face on him in the beginning, because again, it's slow mo. You get like a good fucking thirty seconds of seeing his face. Yeah, I do feel like he actually like slipped. Do you? I think um, I think he killed himself. I I think he slipped, but like it is kind of like oh he probably meant to kill himself too. <laughs> he like, slipped on purpose <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a thing he's like oh man who put this banana peel here that, that <laughs> would be <laughs> he drops the banana peel yeah, right in front yeah, exactly uh i don't know i think that i think that he tossed himself out the window mm-hmm. um and and then he dies mm-hmm. and they boy, show it yeah and they fucking show it i which, can at least appreciate that yeah i like good gore so yeah i mean his, his shit's fucked up yeah between that and like the rotting deer carcass yeah. Like they, they show like a decent amount of gore in this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Um, which I guess again kind of reinforces the fact of like a horror film. Right. Um the the tunnel scene, super cool. Where she's like yelling, kind of yes. singing down the tunnel. Very nice tension building. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that it's like, you know, we have like this calm moment of her like making sound with the tunnel. Um Another fun fact, I guess, like, sound doesn't work that way. There would need to be, like, a backing all the way at the end for it to echo back. Right. But, you know, I'm not a geologist or whatever they call them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a geologist. (laughs) Um, But anyways, like, that was a really cool scene. And then you get from far distance, like, just a black silhouette of a man who stands up. And you hear, like, this kind of, like, yelp from him Mm -hmm. as he starts to, like, run towards her. Right. Tension building. That's good shit. Like, that's actually... Good horror that we've talked about where it's like it's not a jump scare. It's actually scary because it's something that's been kind of building up. Yeah, I like the idea, too, of her for the first time in the film being kind of alone Mm -hmm. and being able to use her voice. Yes. And, you know, like singing and whatever and just kind of enjoying herself and... And then, of course, it gets ruined by a man. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right. Like, I, I just appreciated that. Like, it's a little bit more subtle, you know? Like, that is a little bit more subtle than kind of everything else in the film. Yeah. But the idea of her 
finally being able to use her own voice and just yelling down the tunnel and then a man stands up at the other end and just starts chasing her. Yeah. Who Even, I believe is the priest. Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard because it's like if you really pay attention, like as the silhouette is like running towards him, it's definitely somebody wearing clothes. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. The, and I thought that it, it looks similar to the, the priest's kind of whatever the hell that... But cloak if you, thing is called. But if you look close enough, I think he's bald. So to it me, c- I think it's James. actually James. It could yeah. be James, yeah. I don't know. It's and, just... And then, yeah, I guess, like, he morphed into, like, the green man, where it's, like, the nude guy that's just following her at that point. Yeah. Um, a another, lot of penis in this movie, huh? Yeah, there's a decent amount, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's uncircumcised, so, like, you know, it's not for me, but... <laughs> <laughs> but somebody are out there really into you think there's gonna be out there that's like i love an uncircumcised <laughs> penis <laughs> oh covered in mud and grass <laughs> sign me up but um another subtle thing that i actually thought was like something um was when you know jeffrey showing her around the house and shows the piano and is like oh do you play and she's like no and then like two scenes later like she's playing fucking <laughs> mozart yeah and it's like it, it was this cool little subtle thing of like again Almost reinforcing the fact of, like, Harper has this skill but doesn't want to acknowledge it. She's, like, like, keeping it to herself yeah. because it's hers. Yes, exactly. And if she, if she allows it to, out in the world, then it's no longer hers. Mm-hmm. And then these guys can do whatever they want with it. Exactly. Which is, it is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the pub scene where there's, at that point, we get to, like, everybody. Whereas, like, there's just so many <laughs> Rory Kinnears playing, like, four <laughs> different characters in one bar. Yeah. Between the cop, Jeffrey... The two kind of like punk yeah. guys. And then even the bartender. Right, yeah. It's just everybody. <laughs> um, and Harper at this point is clearly kind of feeling suffocated. Yeah. She's I, she's telling the police officer that she's that she believes that she's being stalked and mm-hmm. he's kind of just blowing her off like yeah. you're you know, you're being crazy. There's right, they mentioned that there was like a killer or something out on the loose, like somebody broke out of prison and he's like running around and she's like, I think it's him, and he's like, Yeah, don't worry about it essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, of course she's being belittled. She's being, you know, every, she's being ignored. He uh, And she's just, everything that she's saying is basically just going in one ear and out the other to everybody. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey is kind of, again, implying, like, I'm, I'm going to pay for everything. And, it, I mean, it gets to the point where he literally has to tell the fucking bartender, like, do not accept her money. Yeah. And... A little forceful, too. Oh, yeah, of course. And it's basically just, again, Harper not allowed to be her own woman. Mm-hmm. Like she isn't responsible enough, I guess, to Pay handle for. her own cash, to handle her own food. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like there's. It's just so shitty. <laughs> Every man <laughs> in this know. movie is just so shitty. Um, my personal favorite though interaction is with the priest, the vicar. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like especially too when it's like you know we get like that flashback again of like James saying punching all this stuff. her. Yeah, <laughs> man, uh, that was a little hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, like afterwards, like when they sit down like at the bench and like for a moment, you're like, oh, OK, like, you know, it's a priest. So it's like he's actually going to listen to her and like give her advice and like comes and up. And he does give her advice. He does. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's like the line of like you wonder like what made you drive him to do this. Right. Like, did yeah. you give him an opportunity? And yeah. it's like. And then it's like, oh, we'll start turning. Shit's right. going to start happening. And then he says back is like, you know, did you want me to sugarcoat it? Or did you want me to tell you the truth? Yeah. And um, she, rightfully so, tells him to fuck off. He does, yeah, she does, and he he is kind of like the physical embodiment of like sexual repression. 
mm-hmm. he's like like when he when he starts like groping her leg yeah. and he then starts gaslighting her. He's like blaming her mm-hmm. for the feelings that he has. Yep. These like sexual tension feelings that he's feeling towards her. Yeah, like later on, like how dare you like come at me with yeah. like with all of your beauty and and everything like that. Right. It's like, I and I really liked. There's the I don't know if you noticed, but in the background there's a fallen cross mm-hmm. like right laying on like the stone wall, kind of right in the background when whenever he's in the frame. And it's kind of just like obviously, like okay, yeah, we get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I like that interaction a lot because to, to me, that specific interaction is probably one of the scariest interactions in the whole film. Well, yeah, because if nothing else, like it reinforces the fact of like you know this priest who's supposed to be like a holier than thou, like no judgment, like give you advice, like help you through these issues. And it's, like, turning it on its head and showing that, like, no, yeah. it's still a man and he's still awful. Yeah, and, I mean, he, even he, he even, like, it goes so far where it's, he, he ends up blaming Harper for not allowing James to apologize. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, he he punched you, which he may have been justified in doing because sometimes that happens and you just kind of have to accept that. Mm-hmm. And you're being the problem now because now it's your duty to allow him to apologize and recognize his mistake and allow him to apologize for it. And I'm just like, wow. Like what that a is, 1920s thought process. Of course. <laughs> and, and like, see, like to me, like that is like the horror of this film. Mm-hmm. Not, not, I think what Alex Garland is including, like no. the actual scary stuff is that. <laughs> yeah. Like, and even too with Samuel, it's like, again, cause you have, we've talked about it. Like Jeffrey is like this kind of like chivalry esque man. And then, the vigor is like this kind of like preacher holier than thou esque type that's yeah. like sexual rage and energy. And then you have Samuel who is kind of like what I got out of it is more kind of like um it it seems like broken home type situation, bad connection with females. So now he's just like very aggressive towards women um and wearing the mask yeah kind of again showcasing that like you know there's not a lot of females in this town yeah so it's like there's this lack of femininity there's this lack of like compassion to some men in this um in this town and samuel's just kind of like this oh you don't want to play with me well fuck you you bitch yeah he's kind of he's kind of like viewing her as i guess he has like an expectation from her Mm -hmm. of you're kind of like my plaything. You're my toy, and yeah. whenever when I say jump, you say how high, essentially. And mm-hmm. when she refuses, he gets so upset, and he calls her a fucking bitch. Yeah, and it, you're just like, wow. And I guess maybe kind of like what you just said, where it, there's not a lot of women in this movie, it, really any, mm-hmm. um, except it's, for Harper. Except, well, the only other one besides right, Riley is, is like the female cop that takes down right, her information. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I guess maybe there's. Alex Garland is like making a commentary on like men who have all of these same views mm-hmm. when they just kind of feed into one another and there is no, there's nobody to interject into them. Right. Like there's nobody to tell them that these thoughts are like, like corrupt and, and, and completely um, uh, insane. Yeah. And these guys are just constantly feeding to each other what they think of how, how to treat women and how bad women are and, and how whatever. I guess that's kind of like what he's saying is that mm. these guys are kind of in this like cesspool of just hatred. And like, if there's no interact, if there's no intervene, then this is what it turns into. Yeah. Like it almost reminds me of like that Rick and Morty episode with like the planet where it's like all the, the men species that are like cavemen, like just 
like out in the wild like hunting and then meanwhile there's like a city of females that like are just running everything i don't i don't know if i've seen that one you've you've seen that that's the one with like the robot sex bot thing i don't think i've seen that it, i actually morty, haven't watched much of rick and morty well you know what somebody out there has heard of this <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah i mean i don't know it's tum- comes to mind of like the same kind of thing where it's like you know the very caveman-esque style yeah. to men in this town yeah Oh, okay. So, um, Green Man is kind of showing up all around, yeah. stalking her, penis out, you know, doing yeah, his thing. Whatever. Uh, there's a really cool scene where the hand comes through. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It looks so good. <laughs> and, like, she stabs it and, like, just the slow pull out of it. Right. Again, that's horror. Yeah. Like, that's decent horror. Where and it's then like- every, like... Yes. Um, in uh, incarnation of him, it always now has that fucked up arm. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's scary. That is, that's good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, especially because in the first time, because that happens twice. The second time is when she like throws, you know, when she puts the uh the kni- the knife through the arm. First time, uh, he, she doesn't. She's not able to attack it essentially, and it's just like in there, and it fucking just like scares the shit out of her. Yeah. Uh, second time she takes charge and you know drives a fucking butcher knife through the arm and i'm like yeah good for you that's yeah. awesome like she gets it yeah uh the 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 house scene when things start collapsing and everybody's kind of showing up and mm-hmm. uh, like verbally attacking her and the fucking priest shows back up again and that scene in the bathroom oh man is probably my favorite scene in the film well yeah especially too when he puts like the hand over her yeah. and it's like the two fingers on each side just grabbing her throat yeah like it, it is very cool and again it it's trying to reinforce the fact of like the opposite side of that green man like altar right with like the woman like kind of like on all fours like spread open type yeah. thing um trying to get that out of her and yeah it's it's a really cool scene like again it's a very horror-esque scene um it reinforces the fact of like everything that's been going on so far with her yeah uh, and then even before that too like with Samuel and like the bird flying through the window like that was actually decent yeah decent horror yeah you know <laughs> the fucking apples all dropping yeah the apples dropping is cool mm-hmm. again a little it's very on the nose because you kind of have to um, because i mean there there there's a question to be begged of like if is this all real like is it, is there a point in this film where it it starts to become harper's imagination mm-hmm. because she doesn't ever bat an eye at the fact that all of these men have the same exact faces yeah, like to her, it just like it. It every person is different, and right. It, I I don't know. Like I don't know if like to me it kind of seemed like once we got to the point of Jeffrey like going out and like checking around, and then like the the headlights turn off, and then they turn back on, and it's the green man, and she blow he blows like the dandelion dust in her face, and like get that really weird scene of like one just like shooting into her mouth and right. then she kind of just like is like in a trance but still like walks very carefully back into the house mm-hmm. um almost like he she's like mesmerized by it for yeah. a second until like you know she stabs the hand right um it almost feels like at that point that's when everything started to kind of like become crazy like a fever dream almost yeah cuz like that's the rest of the film but i mean yeah the there's not really like a point where it's like it's too obvious of like when does this start to become like nonsense almost <laughs> right yeah because i don't know you have to imagine that at some point 
This isn't. This is all in our head. Yeah, like somewhere in between Green Man and consecutive male births. Right. There's a point where it's like it's no longer reality. Right. Yeah. But you can't really pinpoint as to where. Yeah. At least I couldn't the first time watching this. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there. I mean, I mean, this is your second time, and you're saying you st- like you still didn't see a, like a clear because. The dandelion's the closest thing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that is kind of like the turning point there. She's kind of gets put in this trance and all of a sudden... But I don't know, because it's like, is the dandelion thing real? Like, is it... I don't We know. don't know. We don't know. Because even, too, like, there is, like, a scene that I, I was starting to be like, okay, this is kind of cool, and then just never anything happened with it, where it's like, you know, after the scene with the vigor of, like, up in the bathroom, and then she, like, stabs him in the gut and, like, pushes him over... And she, like, runs out of the house, and we get, like, that soft music playing again. Um, But it's, like, her running out, and it's, like, four different versions of, like, what happened. Like, she runs out, goes straight to the car, and then it comes back to her running down the stairs and, like, stopping and looking at the knife. And then coming back down the stairs, and it's her, like, crawling. And then it's coming back, and then her just, like, walking out, like, calm. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, is is this kind of, like, supposed to be, like, a parallel-type universe of, like, these are different options of, like, what could have happened to her? Right. But then that's it. Like, that's... There is no answer to that. Like, that's the only scene that has that. Yeah. So it's a little confusing for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you get to the point where it's, like, you know, Jeffrey gets hit by the car. He does. uh, And then, rightfully so, gets pissed and, like, (laughs) drags her out. And then, not rightfully so, tries to run her over. Right. Um, and then, you know, when he crashes into, like, the, the stone, like, pillars, I guess, like, yeah. in front of the house, um, and gets out, and, like, his right leg is now broken. And at that point, it was like, oh, this is really cool, because now it's tying back to James. Like, this is how he died, like, falling out of the right, apartment building. his leg building. was all fucked up. Yeah, and his, right, Wrist, or his yeah. left hand was, like, spiked through the palm. Right, yeah. So it's like, okay, now it becomes more of, like, this is James. Right. Like, all of this is James. Yeah, and that's kind of what you take... But it's kind of weird, right, that it that it's not James's face on everybody, but I don't know. I guess yeah. maybe that would be a little too on the nose. <laughs> I, yeah, like, that would be, like, too much at that point where it's, like... Unless, like, you, you kind of, like, added that in a little bit more where it's, like, oh, like, all I see is James. Right, yeah. And then, like, it cuts away and it's, like, oh, no, this is just, like, Rory now. Right, yeah. So it's, like, you could have done that. Um... I also, I, I like the fact that, like, a lot of the times, like, when Harper's on the phone with Riley, like, the phone would cut out and, like, it'd be, like, a still face for a second of, like, somebody screaming. Mm-hmm. It's, like, that was kind of, like, leading to, like, a horror yeah. point of it. Yeah. But nothing really came of that yeah, either. Yeah, nothing kind of, it was, like, kind of, well, yeah, I was, like, okay, then why were we doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Green Man shows up. Starts doing a weird crab walk. Yeah, you know, <laughs> sometimes you got a crab walk. Uh, and then, again, proceeds to grow a vagina mm-hmm. and uh, give birth four times? Six times? Four times. Four times? Like, it first starts off with, um, I think it goes Jeffrey, then it went um, the green man, then it went Samuel. No, 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 I'm lying. I'm sorry. It went, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, Jeffrey, Green Man, Samuel, Jeffrey James? again for whatever right? reason. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, five. Okay. And then Samuel, or uh, and James. then it was James. Yeah. Um, and these births are disgusting, and the they back- are not. And when we say like he he's giving birth to like full grown men, yeah. like-, <laughs> like the one from the back is not the worst, <laughs> but man, 
Like it's it's <laughs> it's intense, and like the first time I saw it, I was not prepared for that. Yeah, it's pretty like nasty. It, jaw dropped, and I I don't know still if like the best reason for it or like the worst. Yeah, but man, I I give it to him. I haven't seen that before. It's something different. I guess. Yeah. Um, so there you go. You spliced in some way of like cosmic horror, Alex Garland. Yeah, and then of course, uh, she kind of has her like final moments with James yeah she basically says like what do you want from me and mm-hmm. he basically just says to be loved yeah and then that's kind of where we end and those are kind of like the fu- that's like the final messaging and it kind of again leaves James in this moment of he's still blaming her like nothing yeah. has been learned here like he because he there's even a moment in the film where he tells her that she's like not allowed to be the victim like he's the victim. She's not allowed to feel scared. Yeah. Right. He says to her, he's like, you can't feel scared. I'm the victim here. Mm. And essentially when he kind of says, you know, I just want to be loved by you. Essentially. That's basically just him implying that all of this could have been avoided if you just loved me. Yeah. And again, he's just putting the blame onto her. Yeah. But I mean, there like right as like the births are happening. I did notice, like, this thing in Harper where it's, like, she becomes less and less scared of it. Um, She realizes that, like, oh, it's not really going to do anything. Like, this is all it's doing. Yeah. And it was kind of a nice moment where it's, like, as she's kind of, like, walking back um, and realizing that, like, nothing happens, then it's, like, she takes back the power. Like, she understands that, like, you know, she's in control of the situation. Yeah, um, I guess it does end on a somewhat happy note. Well, no, but I mean, like, when Riley shows up and, like, sees Harper out there, like, sitting on, like, the patio and, like, she gives, like, a smile, it was, like, this kind of, like, positive aspect to it where it's, like, the whole thing is about, like, dealing with guilt and, like, trying to live with, like, something horrible happening to you. And I guess the message at the end of it kind of, like, tells you that, like, you know, you're you're always going to have this guilt, but it's, like, learning to live with the guilt and yeah. learning to make a positive out of a negative. And that was kind of, like, where I was, like, okay, like, it's, it's a decent ending. But, again, this is not for most people that are, like, coming here to see a horror movie that has, like, a horror-esque ending. Like, this is very metaphorical. This is very, like, on the nose when it comes to, like, themes that mm-hmm. it's trying to portray. So, it's, yeah. like... It's not a movie for everyone. Definitely I, not. I liked the ending. I thought it like gave some hope to it. Yeah. Again, I just don't feel like horror was the best genre for this. Like that's that's the biggest thing I have with this. Yeah. I I'm still lukewarm on this film. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, we talked about I it for can, like a half an I hour can, or so. I, I can never say I can't say that I was bored. Mm-hmm. I can't say that I was not entertained mm-hmm. or at least intrigued. But I think I think that the film is just missing something and mm-hmm. I don't exactly know what it is. But when, like I said, when, when, when the credits began to roll, I did kind of feel a sort of hollow feeling where I was like, I'm, I'm feeling a little empty here. Mm-hmm. Like something is missing. I don't know what it is yet, but I don't know. I guess overall I liked it. Yeah. But right. I, I'm just on the fence on how much I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I, st- I give this eight knives, through the hand because <laughs> i think it's different i think it's something i think it has like a clear message it's just again like i don't feel like horror was the big like the correct genre for this yeah i don't think there's anything else that would have fit this type of film but like horror just something about it like it, it just didn't lean too far into it and then it just 
at points it didn't need it. Yeah. And overall, at the end, like, it didn't really feel like it was a horror film. No. Besides, like, a couple of jump scares here and there. Right, yeah. That's all I got to say uh, about that. <laughs> I liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something to talk about. It's not a movie that's just, like, cut and dry, like, no. here's what it is. Right, yeah. Like, there's definitely something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I would say it's worth your time. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I think it's just not everybody's cup of tea. No, I'm still, like, I'll still check out whatever Alex Garland yeah, puts I'll, out. Yeah, of course. Because, I mean, he's he definitely knows what he's doing in terms of, like, creating a story. Yeah. It's just... This one wasn't maybe his best. <laughs> but I'm sure. sure there's people who fucking love this movie. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's people that are going to swear up and down that this is like one of the greatest films of 2022. I think it's still a good movie. It's just I don't think it's the best that's come out so far. Yeah. Well, that's our thoughts on men. <laughs> <laughs> the movie and the people. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you have a recommendation? I do. I'm an old man now, Frank. Mm-hmm. I'm so old. I'm sleep. A... <laughs> Time to go to sleep. Um, I've been doing a lot of crossword puzzles lately, man. Wow. Yeah. Where do you I, get crossword puzzles? Um, my dad, like, from my grandpa, will, like, uh, give him, like, a bunch of the newspapers from the week. Um, and my dad usually only, like, keeps, like, the crossword puzzles from it. Hmm. And then I just started, like, taking them and, like, started doing them. And now it's become, like, a thing where it's, like, every night, like, after dinner, I do a crossword. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's actually not that bad. Like, I mean, besides the ones where it's, like, I'll never fucking understand, like, what they're trying to, like, get me to spell out. Yeah. Um, like capital leader of like Russia's top military forces. Like, I'll, I'll never fucking know that. I have to look that one up. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. it's like other ones where it's like, oh, I actually get to test my brain and like see like what I know and mm-hmm. what I don't know and then kind of like piece together. And again, it's a puzzle. So fucking blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I fucking figured it out <laughs> on my own. <laughs> but it's actually pretty cool. Like I've been doing a lot of them and I actually enjoy crossword puzzles now. Wow. So uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm almost 30 and boy, doesn't it feel like I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So we recommend crossword puzzles. <laughs> you should do one. Um. Next episode, we are going to be talking about some of our favorite scores and soundtracks in all of film history. Mm. Mostly American films, because that's all we really know. We yeah. need to. We're actually thinking about doing like a month of international movies. I still want to do it. Yeah, I, just, no, I, we, I don't know like when would be the appropriate time because we're getting close to uh, spooky, scary season. We are. I don't know if you want to do it back to back of like themed months. I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's matter. our fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have anybody telling us we what to do. do. Whatever we want. Um, but yeah, so that's something that we are trying to maybe get into is just getting more international films. Um, and, and just because there's so many movies in the world that we haven't seen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but we're going to be talking about soundtracks and scores, some of our favorites. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, you must wonder why you drove him to it. <laughs>